This is legendary, guys. If you don't know, this is the third time we started this podcast and the second interview with the legendary Paul Kang. This is a very, very special episode because in all of this existence of this podcast, we have never interviewed the same person twice. Upon our first interaction with this gentleman, who's a legend in his own right, I'll give him an introduction. He's been several spaces and places, alumni, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Beta, Kappa, out of NYU, holding it down for the composition and performance. Man, you could catch him in Korea, you could catch him in Mexico, you could catch him now in the sunny sides of Vegas in the deserts. He's out here and he's made a lot. The first thing we started this conversation with was a lot has happened in the year. A lot has changed in the year. We're getting more raw. The smoke is up in the session right now. We're, we're holding it down for the homies, for those who are here and those who are no longer with us, but we're gonna keep this one super open, super, super truthful, and we're gonna dive more deep into it. So without further ado, I'm gonna pass the mic to Mr. Paul Kang. All right, hey man. Thanks for having me again, Y and Yuri. Um, good to see y'all again. Um, yeah, a little refresher about myself. My name's Paul and I play the cello. And for the past six years, I've been in Mexico studying my master's. I got my master's. I was working there as a teacher for a bit. And then I decided to move back to the States. So I did a little transition year between in Korea, stayed with my parents. And then, yeah, that's a, that's a whole story in and of itself. And then after that, I came to Vegas. Um, yeah, new, new chapter in my life. I uh, wasn't really expecting it, but you know, you know how life goes. You kind of have to play by ear sometimes, <laughs> a lot of times. <laughs> but yeah, good to be back. Thanks for having me. And yeah, let's, let's get this convo going. Thank you so much, Paul. So first thing I want to get into is almost like the transition, you know, from a year, 365 days, going back to that repeat, hitting the loop again. We're starting in here and just want to talk about like what has changed, what has stayed the same. You know, last we left you, once again, you were in Mexico pursuing your studies, doing private lessons, whole gang of shit. And now uh, you're in Vegas. First of all, how the hell did you end up in Vegas? Why are you in Vegas? And, you know, just break a little bit down about uh, the difference so far between 2021 and 22. Well, 20, I think the last time we saw each other was in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. So I was moving out of Mexico and then I stayed in Korea. And then I fell into a horrible depression. Wanted to quit music, wanted to quit cello. In fact, I did stop playing the cello for a really, really long time. And the way I knew I was in a bad spot was um, there was no music coming out of me, like it, nothing, you know, like um, when, when it's silent, it's kind of problematic. E even like ugly noises, you know, like that, that's something at least, but when there's absolutely nothing, that's when I knew I was in a bad spot. So that's when I started going to um, a psychotherapist and getting treatment, getting antidepressants and all that jazz. And in the meantime, I was trying to find a way to get back into the States. You know, I, I need a place. I need a job. I've been out for seven years, so <laughs> I got to, you know, I got to take care of all the business paperwork. I had to get my driver's license again when I got here. So I came to Vegas because my older sister is out here. She also recently moved out here from Alaska. So a drastic change for her as well. 
And yeah, I mean, being near family is pretty important, I suppose. I really didn't have any other places to go in the States. I, I wasn't going back to New York. I know about that life of <laughs> now. <laughs> I wasn't going to go back to Utah. I don't have family there. All, all my friends moved out. So yeah, Vegas seemed like a logical choice. And I came here. It's nice here. I, I really didn't know what to expect, but I think I'm getting a foothold of here. And I met some cool people recently trying to branch out, connect, network, the whole, whole shebang, you know. But I don't know. It's definitely a sensation of starting all over again because it is a new place. But the benefit I have now is I've done this so many times mm. in so many different places that it becomes easier. Like when I went out, I was like, can I still make friends? Do I still know how to make friends? Yeah, do I? <laughs> and yeah, I, I went out and, you know, just chat, connect with people and made some made some connections, got some phone numbers. We're about to make things happen here also. So yeah, I guess it's also just like minds attract each other. I don't know the law of attraction, you know. You know, same thing happened there in New York, in Mexico, down in Chiapas, and now it's again in, in Vegas, so. Beautiful. So I see something change and something stay the same. Mm -hmm. you, you were very vulnerable and you spoke about, you know, the depression and all of us having to find some form of coping mechanisms, some form of way to deal with our whole shit being shooken up, you know, mm -hmm. and... I know it's like a sine wave, right? We have our ups going up, we got our peaks, our downs going downs, and our lows, you know? And then exactly. it just becomes the cycle of life, that infinite eight that keeps going forward and back. And, you know, it's the sacred composition of, of each moment, right? And I want you to, you know, go into like, A, what triggered you to fall into it and how did you get out? You know, because obviously you sound like you're in a great place now and like you said this ain't your first rodeo i know what's up now and it looks like you're taking a little bit more accountability but just wanted you to kind of break down yeah the process of how you fell into the funk was there any things or patterns you know that we repeat because sometimes it's self-sabotage right we do it to ourselves and what was able to help you you know bounce back a little bit mm. well i think one of the biggest trigger was um, and so I have dual citizenship in Korea, but one of the condition is I can't stay there for more than six months as well as I can't get a job. I can't work there. Like I can't, if, if I start getting a paycheck, I have to go serve in the military. So basically I was stuck in a bind where I made useless, you know, um, I, it was in the middle of the pandemic also. So there's no concerts. There's mm -hmm. really no way to meet people in Korea also. I don't really know any musicians there, my age at least. And also, the, you know, the culture there is a little bit more competitive. It's more cutthroat. So in fact, Korea has one of the highest rates of depression and suicide. So I don't know, maybe it was the vibe, the pressure, the societal pressure, maybe some repressed memories as well, you know. But I think one of the main factor was feeling out of place, feeling useless, not contributing, losing my purpose, not, not necessarily my drive to live, mm. but 
just like I didn't have a place where I could fit in, you know? Wow. I mean, thankfully, uh, uh, the internet helped us maintain connected. You know, Yuri helped me keep mm-hmm. grounded. She kept on checking in with me every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My friends from Mexico as well. I was, I was very open about my situation because, you know, we've yeah. all dealt with that, to be honest. Facts. Yeah, that comes with turf. That's part uh-huh, of the life. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. The f- and, and the fact that we can be open about it between friends. Yes, I think mm-hmm. that first and foremost, I believe, is the most important in getting yourself better, mm. having that support group. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, when I noticed, you know, like I, I knew I was depressed, but like I also knew it might be seasonal. It might be transitional because of the change in the situation. So I, I was like, you know, I'll wait it out the, the standard two, three weeks if I stay depressed more than that. You know, I'll go go see a doctor, whatever. But that kept on going for like two months. So mm. I was like, yo, this is bad. Like it, the fact that it's not getting better and the fact that my thought process is getting more darker, um, mm. having thoughts, you know, that, that are pretty... I mean, it's like that cliche depression mm-hmm. thoughts, like I'm worthless, I'm useless, mm-hmm. I don't belong here. Like mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. one, no one, no one accepts yeah, me. No one yeah, understands yeah. what I'm going yes. through or like mm-hmm. my work isn't appreciated. Things like that, you know, facts, everything facts. just accumulated itself on top of that being isolated. You're in the echo chamber of your own brain mm. and that becomes the worst trap. You know, you're trapped in your own mind. And I was in Korea, so I was also sober. I'll be frank, I was sober. And that also Mm -hmm. had, you know, I I was confronting my emotions head on, direct, fully sober, raw dog in it. I did not have those (laughs) coping mechanisms, yo. I I learned that the hard way in my 30s. You know, I I just turned 30 this year. and yeah. Not to have those coping mechanisms, at least helpful and healthy coping mechanisms, definitely affected. It was a big moment where I was like, yeah, I need to, I need to find better ways. I don't know. I, I, so I got, I, I went to see a doctor. They said, yeah, you do have depression, but Mm. my doctor was suspecting that it's probably because it's like the whole trans, the situational the context of it all, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can't work. I, I don't have friends here. I was lonely. I'm stuck with my family. So I was trying to get a job. I was applying um, in the States from Korea, mm-hmm. just trying to keep my mind busy, you know? And I mm-hmm. started taking meds, um, mm-hmm. antidepressants, and that actually mm-hmm. did help, you know? I needed to be honest with myself. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I was mm-hmm. just being like, you know, I'm not good in the head. Yeah. I need to get treated and I need to stick with the regimen that the doctor gives me even I've because I've tried it before in, in mm-hmm. college back in New York, but I was like, eh, fuck it. But mm. now, now I you took it with a more serious yeah. approach, like, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, because it and I, it's been a lifelong issue, you know, um, and if mm-hmm. I don't resolve it now, it's going to go on for the rest of my life. So yes, yes, you're taking accountability exactly yeah. of my own self. You know, I can't. You know, we we all have traumas, we all have problems. Yes, but, yes, you gotta find a dealing mechanism. Yeah, way to get through. But at some point, you gotta stop blaming. Any, yeah, you gotta stop playing victim and 
own up yes. and and take care of yourself That's you know facts. but that doesn't mean you have to you know uh, ignore <clears throat> or just sweep it under the rug that's yeah. actually part of like confronting all your past history and revisiting him in mm. a positive outlook i think that's one of the ways you can also help yourself get out of that funk that that i i did that a lot in korea with my mm -hmm. family and i think that was necessary and maybe that was one of the reasons why i had to stay there i had just resolve some basic family issues mm. So I tried to get a job, didn't get accepted anywhere. So I was like, uh, well, I'll just wing it. Hmm. And my sister offered me to stay at her place. I'm still at her place right now, but I'm about to move out. Thankfully, uh, we found a spot for me. So, yeah, um, she took me in, helped me get set up mm -hmm. here. I found a job at a... Well, yeah, there, there were a couple of music academies that hit mm -hmm. me up. They were like, oh, yeah, we need a cello teacher. So once you get into Vegas, give us a call and we'll get you set up. So that was my first job, really. Like, well, it's not really a job because you're getting paid like 1099, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's all contractor work. Freelancer, but, yeah. Exactly. So, but I was down and running as soon as I got here you know mm -hmm. I, I arrived like week before Halloween and I was teaching by the time November came around so so I got that and then I got hired as a, a bud tender in dispensary yeah. later <laughs> double you know, dip, the good balance yeah, yeah you got I, I mean I, I gotta be honest like as much as I want to be living off of my music and teaching and things like that the reality is pretty different you know so i gotta i gotta support myself somehow mm -hmm. thankfully it's in the night shift so i can still do stuff in the day and mm -hmm. still teach yeah for me i think having that purpose that sense mm -hmm. of purpose and that sense of contribution to the community especially i believe is what really helped me get out of that funk because all that negative thoughts of like, I'm not worth it, my, my education was a waste, it's a scam, all that. As soon as I taught that first lesson and I saw like the, the kids' eyes light up and you know, that joy of learning, you know, mm. as soon as I saw that, I was like- You were in your purpose, yeah. Yeah, I was like, you know, all that was a lie that I was it's telling myself. It's worse in your I head than it is in reality. Yeah. yeah. And, and to see it happen, see the positive outcome of your work directly in front of you, it's just like, yeah, this is worth it. This, this is why I do what I do. It's, like, it's not for fame or anything. It's just like that, that spark inspiring other people to find their own spark, even if it's not music, you know? Mm -hmm. when, they, when you see that moment of inspiration, they're, they're going to seek that inspiration themselves you know mm. and you as a as a teacher as a mentor you're just helping facilitate yes. that and 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 I, I and i do that through music and you do that through writing and and other like through the artivist thing you know so we all have different means of expression but i feel like when we have those moments of inspiration, that's really, I don't know, that's what I strive for as a, as a teacher, as a performer. Um, just, just like bringing forth something that's not tangible, I guess. And I, I, I guess that's what music always is, you know? Sound is, in, in the end, it's intangible, but it's mm -hmm. real. You know, like, 
a lot of the work I do, it's not really quantifiable. Like how, how can you measure the success of your teaching? You know, you really can't. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I can't really measure mm-hmm. like how I do as a teacher. I mean, my students say I'm a good teacher, but am I? <laughs> yeah, man. That's so beautiful that you transitioned into manifesting that opportunity and got out of your head and got into reality. I think that's beautiful. Exactly. You really just, you know, put it in together. In terms of what's your vision now that you, you know, it looks like you're getting some footing. Like you said, you're moving into a new apartment. And how do you see, do you see yourself planting more roots in Vegas, staying there or heading off somewhere else or? Um, nah, dude, I'm, I'm done moving, yeah. dog. Like, if anything, like, I'll be settling down here. And you know what? It, uh, Las Vegas, I really didn't know anything about it, but I'm outside of Vegas. I'm in Henderson. Yeah, That's, yeah. like, the residential suburb. And it's really interesting because it's surprisingly small, at least the local scene, because the strip dominates everything. Yeah. Like, the local scene is very Yeah, everything compared contained. to the strip is just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, so everything revolves around the strip. So I'm trying to cater more towards the local. I I really like having community. The tourists are cool too, but you know, like they're they're outsiders in the end. So and I'm I'm here for the long haul. Yes, exactly. Now Um, you're looking to get involved with the community more. Yeah, exactly. And like one of the biggest lessons I think I learned in Mexico is how long a mango seed takes to produce its first fruit. So from germination to its first fruit, a mango takes four years. Four years of just watering and waiting, dog. Takes four years for something, for an evidence of something to come about, you know? Mm. (laughs) And, And I think for me, one of that fruit is... The How to Cello, the online series that I started in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I've been trying to be more involved in that. I'm, I'm almost done with the Spanish version, at least for the, the beginner section. I'm trying to get the English version up and running and, and get all that produced. So I'll probably start doing that in, in my new apartment, get proper camera and instead of doing it from yeah, my cell phone. I love it. <laughs> and online education is a very interesting Thing too nowadays and and I think the pandemic kind of made a shift towards online learning well it legitimized online learning I think mm. there's still pitfalls you know of course but we now understand that it's an actual means of learning it's a tool in the end it's an edu- pedagogical tool mm-hmm. uh, so now that you're teaching and you're mentoring kids, uh, what's kind of like pedagogy and your approach to teaching? Mm, as far as music or in general? Uh, it could be both, either. Okay, well, as far as music goes, I definitely borrow this from Victor Wooten and how he approaches teaching music. Mm. And it's basically how a baby learns language. It's just Mm -hmm. exposing it to Mm -hmm. real adults speaking, you know, like real talk. Like you just have to expose them to how normal people speak and converse. And the baby picks it up just by Mm -hmm. listening, you know. I mean, it's obviously like 
programmed to learn like that. But because music is also based on sound, I, I also now have a theory that music was like a proto language before language. So before we had control over our vocal cords, I think we were communicating through producing sound. I don't know, like drums or something, percussion. So I, I think music, because it's so ingrained into our system, you have to teach it like that as well. You just have to expose the student or the person to just all the different styles, the most professional style, you know? Like if it hears good sounds, it recognizes good sounds and it's gonna know what good sound sounds like. It's like having mm. good taste. If you always eat junk food, like you're not gonna know what gourmet mm -hmm. tastes like, you know? So what I do with my students, especially the beginner students, is I just play with them. Like I play duets with them or I play along with them. So I, I, because I try to have them hear and match the sound that mm -hmm. I'm producing. Not, not necessarily match me, like be mm -hmm. like me, but try to mimic the sound that I have and imitate to the point where they can do it by themselves mm -hmm. and not worry about following me. Yes. And in terms of teaching, because also in my job, I have to train new employees now. Uh, it's the same way. You have to show them the right way first, and then you have to have them do it by themselves. Of course, you're supervising and you're overlooking how they're doing and answering questions they have, but in the end, they're the one that has to do the work, you know? And I think music is really obvious of that. Like, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you have the best teacher in the world. If you don't do your part of the job, yeah. you ain't gonna get better. You're gonna be stuck on that one scale forever, dude. Yeah, it's about internalizing, like you said, and being able to do that independently. Because once you got the keys, you can go uh, to the moon, you know what I mean? Exactly. You All you gotta do is find your way in, like you said, I love. So you actually did break it down. And I love that because your approach, it's basically to allow somebody to be sustainable where they could continue without that so you're letting them know how they they it and that's what the true form of teaching is you know so i think that connected both to the musical approach and that because the same thing uh with the creative expressions and and the stuff we're doing it's really about circular learning you know everybody mm. is just a, is a student and teacher everybody exactly. has something and you go to where the process and then that's really once you understand the process and you find your way to internalize that process and Create and it's about coming together, right? Harmony, rhythm. Exactly. It's all exactly that's all it collaboration. Really is. Yeah. It goes down to our heartbeats, our speech, everything is already music. The world is already mm. vibrating at a tone, you know? Exactly. So, and I love it. So they you know, it's really beautiful for tapping in. It's three, three, three. I wanna actually take it back to yourself a little bit more, Paul. Now that you've gotten, right, these things going, uh, what about music? What about beats? What about your own uh, compositions? Mm. You know, what's up with, with your stuff? What you got going on? Um, well, so last year in Korea, I finally put something out, but that was a project that I had going since like 2013. Sorry, I'm eating a bagel right now. <laughs> So I released uh, a part of that. It's like, it really is like a three-part album, I guess. I, I conceptualize it as an album, but I'm on like, I'm nearing like nine years on this project. So I was like, you know what? I just yes, that's what out. I'm talking. 
That's what I'm talking about. How many tracks? Nine years. Three tracks. Uh, yeah. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Not three. That's it. You know. Well, it's like three large tracks. If you if you want to get technical, if you want to get technical, it's actually like six tracks, I guess. Okay. But, like an hour of music. Mm-hmm. I have that. Um, I released the second part of that because the second part is the one that was ready. It's called okay. Rhapsody, and I have wow. that out. I'm planning on. I'm. I'm just working on the other parts as well, so it'll come about. And mm. one of my buddies from Mexico also asked me to do a remix. So hopefully that'll come out yes. soon. I don't know. I submitted my my track. He said he was going to master it and all that. So y you know how that goes. I don't know. I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think Mexico helped me ground myself again in one way. Like I, I rekindled my passion for playing the cello. And that's another thing that I'm trying to also um, teach my students. And this is what my my teachers in in New York and in Mexico they taught me. They're like, you know, I'm here to teach you how to play the cello to the best of your ability. What you do with that is up to you. Like music is so vast, mm -hmm. and there's so many things you can do with it. You gotta make the decision. That's it's a relationship. So right? exactly. So, but I always love classical music. You know. I love hip hop. I love electronic music. I love jazz. I love Latin music. It's really hard to pinpoint what I want to do because I want to do everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a bottomless pit. Uh huh. But that's, you know what? That's what it is. You know who else is doing a good job of that? I think Floating Points right now is a very. Uh, he's one of the artists that I actually I admire a lot because you know he's well studied. He plays the piano well, and his approach to music and his music is amazing. So, and, and it incorporates a lot of different things, you know. So, like mm -hmm. the last album he did, it was with the London Philharmonic and Pharaoh yeah. Sanders, like the sax player. Yeah. Dude, like, dude. who comes up with that kind of instrumentation? Like, that's, for me, that's pushing the boundaries, you know. I love it. I love it. And I come from a classical background, but. I'm the one who has to remind people, yo, classical music in its heyday was the popular music. Exactly, like, yeah. Dude, like people were yeah. going to like salons and just like jamming out to that shit. Like yeah. Beethoven used it's, to have battles, literal battles, yeah. piano yeah. battles. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like we kind of lost that camaraderie of musical. Yeah, yeah, because music is, it's a way of life. Yeah, you it, know it really I mean? is. and it's a, it's a commitment. That's why you know when somebody does art, it's like when you dedicate yourself, because it's a bottomless pit, right? It and is, you, and that's what I love about music is you're part of a secret tribe, I feel like. Like, <laughs> it you can literally go to any place and... If you have an instrument, they'll play with you, dude. And that that's why I love music, and that's why I think being able to improvise is part of playing music. Like, And, and as a yeah, classical musician, like, one of my buddies, he, he said it the best way, I think. He, he said, 
I want to become how the Baroque musicians were back in the day. They were composers, they were educators, they were improvisers. They did everything, basically. And now we're making a full circle back where we have Mm -hmm. the resources and we have the time to be able to do all of that. Yes, talk about it. And I think online learning is awesome because of that. It just raises the bottom line just a little bit higher, you know. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what I'm trying to be as far as my music goes. On top of producing, on top of creating music, I'm also filling in more of the role as a producer now. Um, just trying to help other people get their music out, help record, help with the logistics mm-hmm. and all that, help connect with engineers, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh yeah, I guess one of the other project that's gonna be coming out soon on on April 1st um, this double quartet that I was part of um, is called Sweet Mexicana para doble quarteto it's, mm. it's like a jazz quartet and a string quartet and we play mm-hmm. basically it's like it's like a musical journey through Mexican mm. history and it's really awesome um, one of my teachers he composed Beautiful. it for his master's project so we finally we're finally releasing that we recorded that in November of 2019 <laughs> so yeah finally got it all worked out and got it mixed and mastered and we're gonna put it out on Bandcamp Sick. so that's another project just I don't know slow and steady wins the race right just keeping myself busy and also being patient with myself um, we live in the information age where it's everything's instant you know but some things take time. Some things take time to grow. Mangoes take four years to grow his first fruit. So, <laughs> oh, man. You hit a nice question. Where do you see yourself in the next 10 to 20 years? I see myself somewhere. I don't know. Um, um. Well, I hope to keep on playing the cello. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that's... The only thing I know, um, I mm. really, uh, looking back at my life, I really don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but all mm. I can say is just go with it, you know, take it easy, go with the flow, mm. play mm. by ear. You can always plan, but if the plan doesn't go accordingly, you don't yeah, don't you get so go. flustered, you know. There's always yeah. a way around it. I'm learning mm-hmm. still, you know. <laughs> we are. We're all. We're all learning. We're all in forever students. Yes. No. This is beautiful. But you know, I really appreciate you. Uh, you know, just going in and, and, and sharing. You know, with what's going on. Is there? I see. You got. You said you got the string, the string quartet uh, record coming out. Do you got any music out or any SoundCloud page with beats or anything out there flowing around? Um, I guess you can find all my stuff on um, my Bandcamp. It's paulkang.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. I'm also part of the label, got the it. Bozol Records. It's something that I started before I left. It's just basically our collective down in Chiapas. It's a bunch of our friends making records and putting it. We just wanted a platform to have a conglomerate of, I don't know, everyone having some kind of association with Chiapas, so. Mm, gotcha. 
So you teach online and in person? Uh, yeah, Both? I have one online student from Mexico as well. A one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. student? Mm-hmm. Do you teach any group classes or anything like that on, on virtual? Uh, not or? yet. I should, though. I've been thinking about it. So you're mainly, but a, a lot of your teaching is analog in the space, and you do ensemble or one-on-one -on -one lessons? Uh, ensembles, not yet. I mean, if I have a chance to teach ensembles, it'd be great, but not at the moment. But right now it's all one-on-one? -on -one. Yeah. So what do you want to hear? Nah, whichever, bro. Whatever's on your spirit, whichever one piece of music you have that connects most to your, you know what I mean? Do you feel, yeah, Rhapsody. This is out already or exclusive? Oh, this is out already. It's on my band camp. Nice. All right, man. All right, go ahead. Let's yeah. do it from the top then.
Yep. My thank you, brother. So that's the the second part mm -hmm. of the three parter. <laughs> I'm doing it all like lopsided. No, that's beautiful. I think just express art the way it is. The bottom line is if people can find it and hit exactly. play, that's the whole point. That's it. That's it. You're out there. How long between these two pieces of music, right? This part did this music take to make? Just to put it in perspective, Yuri heard this piece in New York, and that was in 2014. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. <laughs> this, this piece, this release was on, I see on the back end, May 28, 2021. Yeah. So this music was through the course of, this is what, 2014. 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. It's over seven oh years. That's what God. I'm talking about. See, people got to understand. Yeah, people talk about making a beat in five minutes. What do you know about making a beat in seven years? You That's know. what I love. So thank you because good art takes time. But no, seriously. I have done all, stuff in between. It does take, <laughs> yes, of course. But, you know, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said that was. I was still active, <laughs> just, just, just not with my stuff. I love it. So your Bandcamp again is Paul Kang. Yeah, Paul Bandcamp. That's where you release all your music, right? Let me ask you: Do you do you put them on the other platforms as well? Yeah, I do. Um, I I have it on Spotify mm -hmm. and like Apple Music and things like that. Okay, but do you use the distributor? Do you distribute them on all platforms and do that stuff, or do you mainly just focus on uh, releasing your music through Bandcamp and Spotify individually. Uh, yeah, so I use um, DistroKid. Oh, so you send it. You send to all. Uh -huh. right? Well, I pick and choose. So I've I've looked at like where the audience is. Basically, I realized a lot of people are on YouTube, mm -hmm. Spotify, and Apple Music. So basically, yeah. on those three, I keep it up because mm -hmm. those are the main platforms in U.S. as mm -hmm. well as outside. You can buy the albums on... Direct from you, yeah. Do you have a website or just strictly a Oh, uh, yeah, I do have a website. Um, it's Paul Kang Music. Mm -hmm. You can find all my other stuff, my educational stuff as well. My How to Cello is on there. If you want to take lessons with me, um, I have a contact form mm -hmm. there as well. Um, if you're interested in online lessons, be it cello or any other... Um, instruments i can teach piano maybe not every other instruments but, but fundamentals yeah. but music theory if you want to learn theory um i can also help you out with that ear training i can help you out with that so yeah just hit me up if you're interested if not interested still mm -hmm. hit me up i'm i'm a friendly guy yeah. <laughs> uh thank you so much for your time paul i appreciate you and you know we we're so so honored to be with you again yeah, right. thanks, Y. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Yuri. And hopefully we'll see each other soon since I'm on the state side now. Right. <laughs> I'll have to make it out on in New York on the east side when it's nice out there. Mm -hmm. Nice. Beautiful. <laughs>